Hello, hello, and welcome back to Caffeinated Yogi Talks. As always, I am your host, Danielle Collinsworth. Today for episode 55, we are going to be talking about the gym lingo, meaning if you uh, like scroll through on Instagram or you do a Google to try to find a workout, maybe you go into a gym and you're uh, in a class and you hear the coach kind of saying a bunch of terms that you're like, what the hell does this mean? That's what we're going to go over. All those things where you either see it written down or you hear somebody talking about it. They're like, yeah, you need to move, blah. We're going to do blank. And you're like, uh, what is this? This is not English. Uh, We're going to break them suckers down so that this way, whenever you see workouts online, whenever you drop into a class, you are an educated human that can hit the workout without that added stress of what the fuck should I be doing? So without further ado, go grab yourself a nice, warm, yummy cup of coffee, and let's dive in. Hi there. Welcome to Caffeinated Yogi Talks. I'm your host, Danielle Collinsworth. Here, we will talk about all things yoga, both on and off the mat. Fitness, entrepreneurship, this crazy thing called life, and maybe a bit about coffee, So throw on your headphones, grab your favorite cup of gel or tea, if that's your fancy, and let's get chatting. All right, guys, I want to start off by giving a little bit of love to one of the sponsors of this podcast, which is Vure. They design, create, and provide awesome uh, gear to hold all of your gym shit aka a cool gym bag. Um, They use a lot of recycled goods. Uh, Their designs are awesome and the quality is so sustainable, meaning they have all the right pockets to fit all the right things. Um, They do a good job of keeping all the sweaty shit where it should be and not stinking up the rest of your gear. Uh, I have one now and I absolutely love it. I was happy they reached out to me. I've been uh, so pleased with the product. And if you're listening to this episode, you might be getting back into the swing of things or into the swing of things with going into the gym or some um, at-home workouts, things like that. If that's the case, I personally think that sometimes nothing feels better than having a new thing for your new thing. (laughs) Like if you're starting up a yoga practice and you bought yourself a mat, like you just, you, it makes you smile, you know? Um, you're started up with running and you bought some cool new running shoes or running shorts, like whatever it may be. Swag for the new thing. Um, highly recommend it if that is you. Uh, you can always use the code Danielle, spelled D-A-N-Y-E-L-L, or if you peep the show notes, you will have a direct link to Vuray and all of the other sponsors of this show. All right, now let's take a moment to shift gears here and talk about what the hell does all the shit mean whenever you're inside the gym? And I think coaches, myself included, sometimes fall into the, oh yeah, other humans might not know what this means. And for those of you that don't know, I live in Norfolk, Virginia, which is a big military or Navy town. Um, So I totally know what this feels like in regards to I'm a civilian. I grew up a civilian. I have never really been around the military all that much. And how many times I, I now hear certain things that I'm like, I'm sorry, what? Can you say this in English, please? So I I totally get that frustration. And I think that we all do it to some degree. Whatever line of work you might be in or 
fun activity that you do for a hobby. Uh, There's probably certain acronyms, lingo, that you then become accustomed to using. And then whenever an outsider, somebody that's just new to the game, the work, the movement, the whatever, um, they can be intimidated, you know? Like the thing that makes us uh, able to, that's what I'm looking for, able to establish relationships easily is the fact that we share a common language, right? I mean, it's hard for you to make a friend that only speaks German as compared to you making a friend uh, with somebody that speaks your language, right? So it's the same exact thing whenever it comes to your work, fitness, things of that nature. And I think the tricky part with fitness, though, is that there are so many times whenever someone comes into the fitness world, no matter if we're talking about uh, yoga to CrossFit to running to an Orange Theory class, like whatever it is, and they might come in with just some negative self-talk. Like they're already going in with this, oh no, I'm not good enough for this. Or damn it, why did I let myself get to this point? They're nervous, they're scared, they're frustrated. And the last thing that they want is to not understand like what is coming out of your freaking mouth. (laughs) So I'm going to take time today to just describe what do some of the things mean so that this way whenever you are moving through a workout at home, you found something on YouTube and let's say it's literally just images of the different like movement modalities and you're like, okay, but it's telling me to superset this. What does that mean? Or you uh, go into a CrossFit class and they're telling you that you're going to do tempo back squats. The coach might break down what the back squat is, but they're not really going over what the tempo is. And you're like, okay, is tempo back squat and back squat the same thing? So we're just going to take time today to, to just dive in and understand what do all of the things mean. And I think it's important to start off with one that is used a lot, um, and I don't think that we all necessarily know what it means, uh, METCON. So METCON stands for metabolic conditioning. And if you were to like see that written out, the M-E-T from metabolic and the C-O-N from conditioning, that makes up the word METCON. All right, and you might still be like, okay, but what does this mean? Think of it as this is a time whenever you are going through some form of a workout where we're going to challenge your body by targeting a muscle in regards to we're trying to strengthen it, but we're also upping the like speed or the intensity that you're moving so that we're also challenging your oxygen flow. So think of it this way. If I was to tell you to go ahead and do 10 air squats and go for a little run, right? Um, Like run down to the, like a block, the end of the street and back, something that's probably close to about 100 to 200 meters. Um, If you were to do that at a really slow pace where you and I are talking through all 10 air squats, you go for the run and it is like a a 30% pace. We probably got some super awesome grandmas that are able to speed walk past you. We are then not hitting the right stimulus. 
whenever we are looking at something that is more like a Metcon, we are probably looking at, okay, I want you to go through this number of squats and then you're going to sprint your ass down there and back, go straight back into the squats. Okay. And it can hundred percent be, uh, I feel like sometimes people think Metcons have to have equipment. It can be just like that. That was a body weight Metcon and that's totally cool. Think of it this way. If one of your life goals is to travel the world and, or maybe even the U.S., and you're, you've got a cool ass van and that's how you are transporting yourself, but inside the van you have no place for additional equipment. You can 100% still work on strengthening your body, keeping your body in a nice healthy state um, without having to have a whole separate van for a ton of gym equipment, right? Uh, I do think that um, there are times whenever you need to start supplementing things in, but that's just an example. Uh, If you had a goal to be like, I want to squat three times my body weight, well, then whenever you're in your van and traveling, that might not be the time when that's going to happen, right? Um, But uh, yes, Metcons, overall, uh, we are just talking about a time whenever you're going through a workout and you are challenging your muscles and you're challenging the lungs, you're challenging your breath. So whenever it comes then into uh, Metcons, there are different styles, but first off, another term that you might see a lot is this one that's called WOD. This is also pretty common within the CrossFit community, and all that means is workout of the day. So for me, I a lot of times will tell a client as I work with them one-on-one, this is not CrossFit, that I'll be like, okay, what workout are you talking about? And I specifically mean, what is it that we have programmed? So whenever I program for clients, they might have a time whenever they are doing uh, a lift portion or a strength portion before they go into something like a Metcon. Or maybe they have a bunch of different lifts. Maybe it is more of an accessory day and we're working a lot on like your shoulder strength and uh, health as well as your core. So there aren't necessarily times whenever we're going through a Metcon, but that's still the workout of the day. I feel like that one's pretty simple. Now, within either one of those, there are definitely um, different ways that you can move through a workout. And I think two of the most common ones would be AMREP and EMOM. So the first one in AMREP, uh, that simply means as many rounds as possible. I personally like to say as many rounds and reps as possible, um, but as many rounds as possible. So for example... I might tell you to set a clock for 20 minutes and I want you to go through 30 kettlebell swings, 30 goblet squats, and a 400 meter run. Your score might potentially then be something that was like four rounds and 15 reps, meaning that you completed four full rounds of that workout and then you got an additional 15 kettlebell swings in before the clock said three, two, one, and done. Now, A lot of times, especially within the CrossFit world, people see the word AMREP and they're like, I have to go as fast as what I can. No, not at all. That's like the thing that I just can't stand about CrossFit. Uh, I feel like the more that I develop as a coach, the more that I understand the body, the more that I then start to see certain movement modalities or see how people are moving. And I'm like, dude, if you want to be kicking it like this till you're 70 years old, then maybe we should look at things that are supplementing your body in different ways. So what I'm saying is you do not have to have an AMREP where you are at the end laying on the floor and dying. 
Another example of when you can move through an AMRAP would be in your warm up. I might tell you that you're going to have 10 down and up dogs, 10 a scat push ups, 10 Cossack squats, um, 30 second bridge hold, and 30 second bridge walkouts. And I'm going to tell you, we're going to go through a seven minute AMRAP of this. That does not mean go as fast as what you can through all of those. That instead means move in a nice, steady pace, set a clock for seven minutes, keep moving through those movements. As soon as that clock is done, move on to the next part of our workout. All right, so switching it up to another thing that could be a Metcon would be an EMOM. EMOM means every minute on the minute. And if it was written as such, that then means exactly that. Minute one, you do this. Minute two, you do this, etc. Sometimes you might see something that is like E2MOM, meaning every two minutes on minute, minutes, <laughs> minutes on the minute. Um, so that might mean that every two minutes you complete blank. Um, overall, I am such a fan of EMOMs. Uh, I grow to love them more and more as an athlete and as a coach as time goes on because I think it is such a good way to challenge people without potentially reaching death. Now, you can, as you're going through something like a Metcon, you can have programming of an EMOM that is no joke. And we are then hitting that metabolic state where your muscles are like, oh my gosh, your lungs are kicking. You're hitting all the right uh, parts of stimulus, if you will. You can also do this with a lift. Um, I recently programmed for myself. Uh, I had a seven by five, which we'll talk about in a moment, um, where I went through uh, every two minutes for seven rounds. I had to move through five back squats. All that did was that made sure that I wasn't resting too much. And I was definitely, think of it as like whenever you're done with something that's a heavy lift and you sit down and you're just like, oh my gosh. Towards the end of that, like to rounds, I would say five, six, seven, that's whenever you're starting to hit the little bit of like higher heart rate. Um, your RPE, which again, I'll talk on in a moment, um, that you're starting to, that number's starting to spike up some. That's getting a little bit more challenging. You can definitely do this too as something that is like a warm up. Um, if uh, skill work, I do a lot of EMOM like things. So for me, I will do, uh, let's say, a strict handstand push up. Um, I'll do two every minute on the minute for 10 minutes. Uh, that is definitely something where your heart rate's not too high, you're taking time to work through a movement that's challenging for you, and you continue on. Same thing with like a strict pull-up or things of that nature. Okay, so next up we got supersets. Um, every once in a while you're going to see somebody uh, on the gram that will talk about supersets and be like, oh, I did this Metcon, it was a superset of blah, blah, blah. I don't agree with that. Um, uh, yes, your heart rate might get up with a superset. There, there's no lie in that. But that doesn't necessarily mean like we're, we're not trying to blast through for a certain amount like uh, of, of time. Like we're not trying to hit that really, really, really high heart rate kind of a thing. Um, instead, here's a superset that I actually just did a few hours ago. I had three rounds of single leg stagger stance Romanian deadlifts try to say that 10 times <laughs> um, those were with double dumbbells so I had uh, eight on the right eight on the left those were at a tempo which we'll talk about that here in a moment 
Next, I went to a heel elevated um, uh, goblet squat. And I followed that up with a farmer carry of about like 100 meters. I did three rounds of that. So as soon as I was done with one, I switched to the other. What's different in regards to this being a Metcon is, again, I would set the weights down. I took a moment to just kind of chill, catch my breath, shift to the next movement. If anything, this is more so like a time when you're going to focus on a certain muscle group and really try to challenge that thing. This is definitely when accessory work uh, comes into play. Um, Maybe if you are going through some strength cycle, you might see a superset with your back squats. So let's say you're trying to get some strong ass legs. You have a five by five of back squats and that is mixed. So every time you're done with your set, you then do a front foot elevated um, split squat. So that's kind of like a lunge position as you go up and down. You have, uh, let's say, 10 reps on each leg before you go back to the barbell for your back squat. All that's doing is that's kind of like tiring that muscle group. Um, I, I mean, it does other things as well. But again, that wouldn't necessarily fall under that Metcom realm. But if somebody was to say, what's the workout for the day? That could most definitely be included in that piece. Okay. Um, let's see. All right. So next up, um, uh, tempo was what I was just talking about. So let's continue on with that guy. Tempo is just referring to the speed of a specific movement or a a phase with your lift, a part of your lift. Um, so for example, I was just talking about back squats. So let's continue on with that guy. You had the barbell on your back. Okay. That makes it a back squat. Um, I'm going to tell you that you have a descent of three seconds on the way down. At the bottom, you're going to hold that for two. You're then going to come up nice and fast and explosive like count of one. And then you're going to hold it at the top for maybe one. Now, this is where a lot of times people don't talk about the top portion. And you'll see some coaches that say that that's right or wrong. I personally think it depends as to what kind of stimulus you are hitting. So for me right now, I have two clients that are going through a specific strength phase and they're starting to see more and more tempo work where I'm not talking about that bit at the top. And the reason why is because we're just kind of introducing tempo and tempo is no freaking joke. It is so hard. Um, If you want to talk about strength within whatever lift you are focusing on, add some tempo in, slow your shit down and damn, 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 You're going to be shaking somewhere, somehow, either in your physical body, in your mental body, maybe both. So for them, let's say a back squat, I might program them three seconds on the way down, two second pause at the bottom, nice and fast on the way up. You have five reps every time you're underneath the bar. So that means they move through that five times before they put their barbell down and they're done with that, uh, that round, if you will. Now, if I, their next progression is going to be where they're going down for, let's say, uh, well, let's keep the numbers the same, going down for a count of three, pausing at the bottom for two, up, explosive, no hold at the top. You go straight back into the movement, maybe one second at the top. Um, If they're working through a heavier weight, then I might say you have a three, two, one, three. So that means three seconds on the way down, two seconds at the bottom, one second on the way up, three seconds, catch your breath, adjust your feet, 
uh, reconnect to your core, whatever it is you got to do, and then you go into the next one. Great. So um, tempo is so, it's just, it's so underrated. It's so underrated. If you don't do tempo, what are you doing? You should do it. Um, Yeah, that's about all. (laughs) Okay, um, moving on. Let's take a moment to talk about RPE, a term and idea that I love and I hate so freaking much at the same time. Let's start off with what it stands for. It stands for Ratings of Preserved Exertion. Uh, It's on a scale of 1 to 10, and it can be used for anything. So think of it as 1 being easy, 10 being hard. And what I mean by anything is cardio, lifting, anything in between, it works in that realm. The cardio piece that I would connect RPE to would be something like running work. So let's say you have a goal to run a 5K in a certain amount of time. I would probably help you by programming some interval training. And I would tell you that each time that you are going through your 200 meter sprint, we're looking at an RPE of seven, meaning that you should not be at your all out max. Um, God, I can't like say that, like imagine like the little clapping emoji in between each word. Uh, So many times people think if they need to get stronger, they need to get faster. It's like, I need to do this really hard thing to my complete potential every single day. No, that's not how the body freaking works. If you want it to support you and you want to be healthy for a long freaking time, then don't tear it down like that. Um, Uh, The way that this would work in regards to a lifting realm is very similar. We should not be at a 10, meaning like, oh my God, that was my one rep. Or maybe you're looking at a, we're trying to find a set of three reps for a back squat and something that is around uh, RPE seven. So that shouldn't be your three rep max. We're looking where you still got some in the tank, right? Now, here's why I don't like RPE. Because so many times people just bitch out. Sorry, guys. I, I'm probably directing this to a lot of you. I'm directing this to myself at times. Please note, I'm part of this problem. Uh, it's so hard for us to find that number and like truly admit it to ourselves at times. And that's okay if you fuck it up every once in a while. But there are some that are like, oh my gosh, that was definitely an RPE 8 or 9. And they're having a conversation just like how I am. Wrong. If we're looking at an eight or nine, you're then like, oh my God, like you're out of breath. You're, 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 you're struggling some because you just did some hard shit for yourself. Uh, So that, that's my reason why I don't like it. I overall though, absolutely a hundred percent love the idea of RPE. I, most of the time, whenever I'm programming for people, I try to get a little bit more specific in regards to what I'm looking for. A scale of 1 to 10 is just so arbitrary, you know? Like, your 9 and my 9 can be very different. Your 4 and my 4 can be very different. So it's hard to program like that if our definitions are different. So I might then physically go through and sometimes I'll tell them the exact weight range that I want them to be at, and I'll give them a range within 20 pounds And I'll tell them then what I'm looking for. So let's say we're going to 10, uh, each time you're doing a back squat, you're doing 10 reps, which dear God, that is a lot. Um, 
and I'm going to tell them, I want them to be this, this client. I want this client to be at anywhere from 95 to 115 pounds. And I want them to know that at the end of the 10th rep, you should be like, oh, this was hard, but I could have done two to three more. That's a way of me trying to specifically nail down what RPE we're looking at. I'm giving them a weight range. I'm also telling them what they should be feeling within that weight range. So I'm taking out a lot of the what ifs. Please note, there are so many absolutely fantastic coaches out there that use RP on the reg and their coaching is amazing. So I'm not trying to say that if you see that, that's like a run away. This coach doesn't know what the fuck they're talking about. Not at all. This is just me basically, in all honesty, kind of really, um, I'm trying to manage my client as much as possible to make sure that they are in the stimulus that I'm looking for. I don't want them to bitch out and tell me that it was a six when really it was a three. Okay, I'm trying to control, um, uh, control that piece of the puzzle for them. Last one is hit training, uh, which so many times you see the wrong hit. Um, hit is spelt H-I-I-T, and that stands for high intensity interval training. This is 100% cardio based. Um, it's very short max effort of timed things. So think of anywhere from probably 30 seconds to maybe three minutes. And then you probably got some rest in between. A lot of workouts that you see on Instagram are going to fall under HIT. Um, I don't want to say I'm not a fan of it because I program it for certain things. Um, But it is, I think a lot of people overuse it like a mofo. uh, And it's kind of the, oh my gosh, yes, my heart rate got so high. Yeah, and that's it. And there are so many other things that we need to do. I also know that that's a lot. It's a lot to be like, gosh, but I need to do this and I need to do that and I need to move in this way and I need to challenge this muscle group. I need to get my heart rate high. I need to lift X amount. There's so many freaking things. And that's why having a coach to guide you through it will save all of that stress, worry, etc. Um, for me, overall, whenever I program clients with something like a hit base, um, I'm probably doing it as like a cash out in a way or a very super quick style of a workout. So let's say I'm going to give them, they have five rounds, 30 seconds of work. Um, well, let's say a minute of work, a minute of work and a minute of rest. So it's an EMOM style of hit for five rounds. And they're going to do throughout that entire minute as many um, burpee box jump overs as what they can. And they take a minute to rest. So we're letting your heart rate spike up really high, get it back down, try again. Uh, it won't get back down to what how you started with. Probably it's not going to be like the heart rate that mine is at as I'm guiding you through this uh, podcast right now. God, what a yoga teacher thing of me to say as I guide you through this. <laughs> Um, but I, uh, yeah, that, that's going to fall more under that hit category. Please note, there is nothing wrong with it. All I'm saying is that, uh, you shouldn't be doing it as your main form of workout every day in my personal opinion. Uh, some other things that some people think fall under hit, but they don't, um, would be something like Tabata. So Tabata means every 20 seconds, uh, you are 20 seconds of work, 
10 seconds of rest for eight rounds. That is a traditional Tabata. Um, there are, you can obviously switch that up however you want. I've done 20 seconds on, 20 seconds off. I've done 30 seconds on, 10 seconds off. But your time off is way shorter than with HIT. Um, you're going to be done super quick. So 20 on, 10 off for eight rounds. That's four minutes. Um, I definitely use this as cash out like work. And sorry, I don't think I said what a cash out is. Gosh, there's so many terms. <laughs> uh, cash out is simply like, all right, we're doing this at the end before you're done. You're, you're before you cash out. Uh, it's normally something short. It's probably targeting a specific muscle group or working on some form of a skill that you've been practicing. Um, I do a lot of core cash out things. So they might have 20 seconds on, 10 seconds off, eight rounds of V-ups. All that means is that 20 seconds, you do as many as what you can, 10 seconds, you rest. Holy shit, is that a great way to target your core in a single point focus? Um, and it's also, it's so quick. It's a nice, easy way to just kind of, not easy, but in a quick way to uh, get some more core activation in before you continue on with your day. Um, if somebody is working on getting upside down, so I talked about handstand pushups earlier, I might tell them we're going to do, uh, maybe a reverse Tabata, 20 seconds of rest, 10 seconds of a handstand hold. And that handstand hold might be a pike variation. We all start somewhere and that is beautiful. Kudos to you for starting period. I think that's it, but I know I'm wrong because obviously I didn't even realize that I didn't, uh, talk about like a cash out. You can have a cash in too. Um, so I'm sure other things will come up and I'm sure you will come across other things where you're like, but wait, what does this blah, 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 blah mean? And if that's the case, please, please, please reach out to me. I created this podcast because I want to talk to you, like actually talk to you not a one-way uh, one form of communication where you listen to me blab, I hopefully make you smile at some point, and the lovely little friendship ends there. So if you're not already, please follow me at Danielle the Yogi and at Caffeinated Yogi Talks on Instagram. Both of those are linked in the show notes. Um, I also would absolutely love it if you found value here for you to take a screenshot and share that to your Instagram story. Please give me a tag so that I know you did it. All that does is that helps humans see the podcast. That's it. And if you learned something here, I challenge you to do it because that is a fantastic way for you to help me grow. Um, thank you guys again for listening. If you have any special requests for what you would like to hear in the future, uh, again, send me a quick little DM. I would love to chat. Until next Tuesday, my lovelies. Thank you all so much again for tuning in. Namaste and sleep boothing.